a super spiritual welcome slide there. <laughs> All right, am I? Oh, gosh. Hey, Larry, can you do me a favor? Can you grab this and make it not right there? That'd be awesome. Yeah, and just move the slide back a little bit. Oh, man, that's even worse. Oh, here we go. Hey, cameras. Okay, so I am, I am not Andrew Ong. Uh, <laughs> I'm not the pastor that is normally up here speaking. He asked me to bring the word tonight, and it's a, a great honor to be able to do that. Um, and yeah, excited just to be able to share with you guys what it is that God has been working on my heart. Um, oh, hey, love you, Jeff. It's good to see you from Dallas. Um, but you might be wondering what, what the deal with this is. I, I labored back and forth uh, over what to bring tonight. There's, in my personal life, um, I've been studying through the word steadfast and faithful, uh, those two words. And um, I thought about preaching the first mention of steadfast. Hey, happy birthday. So uh, yeah, I've been I've been studying these two words out, and I was thinking about preaching the first mention of steadfast because it's something that um, I feel like I've been applying to my life, and I've got a, a fairly strong handle on understanding wise, and I felt comfortable with it. But uh, man, God just didn't give me any peace about it. And um, so where we're going to be at, if you have a Bible and you'd like to follow along, the the verses will be on the screen. But if you'd like to turn there. We're going to be in Psalm 78 tonight. But what led to that is this right here. So does anybody know what this is? Close? Yes, this is a tankless hot water heater. So supposedly, the promise of this tankless hot water heater is unlimited hot water. That's how it's supposed to work. So we have, a, this is not the one, but we have a tankless hot water heater in our apartment. And when we turn on the shower, you know, it gets hot almost immediately, and I can stay in the shower for five minutes, or I can stay in there for 50, and it works great. But as soon as I drop the plunger down to have it go to the bath, it almost immediately goes cold. And there are benefits to a cold bath, you know. It can be good for you, but when you're really sick and you just want to lay in some water, ice cold is not what you're looking for. And when you have a two-month-old baby and you're trying to clean them, Ice cold is definitely not what he is looking for. And so it can be really frustrating. And I know that you're probably like, okay, well, yeah, that's great, but so what? Uh, the problem is whenever I, when I flip it to bath and it goes cold, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll flip it back up and go to shower. And then it, it takes a while for it to get warm again. And then even then it'll go hot and cold and hot and cold. And it's just super temperamental. And I've tried like the old school video game, you knock on it and you blow on it and not, nothing seems to work. Um, and as silly as this is, this is almost a perfect illustration for where I have been at spiritually over this last year. Um, as long as I go to a certain point, I can, I can move forward with the Lord and I, can, and I can be hot for him and be moving forward. But as soon as the pressure gets to a certain level, as soon as, man, there's enough, uh, yeah, there's just enough demand, I, I start to get cold or I go back and forth between hot and cold. And the thing that I've just been praying and longing for is, God, how do I become steadfast with you? 
you know, we're, we're going through the book of Mark in our Bible study, and we just finished out Mark chapter four, and um, Jesus, he takes his disciples to the other side. That's what it says. Hey, we're going to go to the other side, and they get on the boat, and he doesn't tell them the storm that's coming. And I've just been praying, God, I, I want to be able to go to the other side with you, wherever that is. You know, whatever that looks like, I want to be able to go anywhere that you have for me and still be able to walk faithfully with you, walk steadfast, not to go hot and cold. I want to be consistent. I want to be what this should actually be, a, a faithful hot water heater, you know, um, because I, showers are great, but I can only use uh, this shower for a limited number of things. I can't use it for all that it was designed for. And as long as I'm back and forth, God can't use me for all that he desires out of my life. And that's what I'm longing for. And so I've been praying through, there's this verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. It says that, you know, we're to be steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. But it's just a command. It just says, be steadfast. And I'm like, well, how do I do that? You know, like I, I've been trying to be steadfast and it just hasn't worked. And so I, I've been reading through the Psalms in my daily devotional time and I came across this verse in Psalm 78 and it's verse seven. And it says that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but he keep his commandments. And so the context of, you know, like the beginning of Psalm 78 is saying, do these things, get this result. And so verses one through six, do these things, verse seven, set your hope that even you'll set your hope in God. You'll not forget the works of God and you'll keep his commandments. I'm like, yes, that is what I'm looking for. Hey, and I just blew through the first six verses. But when I came to seven, I was like, oh, wait, this is what I want. How do I get there? And then I started to take a look, a closer look at the first six. And so that's how we got here. Um, that's how we got here tonight. That's why we're looking at this passage. So if you're a note taker, um, the title of this is The Power of Praise and Testimony. And we're not going to get very far. We'll probably look at the first seven verses or so. Um, Thank you, Tobias, for the PowerPoint again, borrowing that from him. But uh, yeah, that, that's what we're going to be looking at tonight. And so I just want to pray real quick because I'm nervous and I really want everyone to hear from the Lord and not from me. So, uh, Father, thank you. Man, thank you for this time. I, I still don't have a, a strong handle on this. Uh, God, I'm still working through it. And so, Lord, I ask that you would set me aside and that you would speak through your word tonight. God, that everyone here uh, would see something that they can apply to their own life. God, that they would hear from you. Would you please bind Satan and just remove all the distractions? I know I, I can be so distracted with, with things when I come to listen to you. And so God, I ask that you'd remove all of that and that you would speak clearly through your word this evening. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we're just going to read through the beginning of the psalm and see what it says and go from there. So Psalm 78 starts off verses 1 through 3. It says that, okay, so, uh, yeah, next slide. Uh, it starts off with, um, no. <laughs> Before that, all right, well, maybe I sent the wrong PowerPoint. Okay, well, whatever, I'll just go ahead and read. So this is a psalm, and it's a specific type of psalm. It's a psalm of instruction, uh, and it's from Asaph, and... Oh, the slides are hidden, so they don't show up in this. Well, that's really a bummer. I don't know what slides are hidden and what aren't. Um, well, anyway, this is a psalm of instruction. It's written by Asaph, and so you immediately know when you see that at the beginning of Psalm 78 that this is something that we're to learn from. 
And it starts off in verses one through three. It says, give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. And so Asaph, he's starting off the parable just like Andrew Long started. He's saying, hey, listen up. Give me your ears because I'm going to tell you something important. I'm going to tell you something that's been passed down from generation to generation. And it's really important that you get this. And so pay attention. Listen here. Um, and so, man, let's do that. Uh, but what we're going to look at next, verses 4 through 7, verse 4 is the key to this passage. He says in verse 4, We will not hide them from their, gener- from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. So you see that this is so important to God that the children of Israel, he makes a law to say, hey, fathers, tell your children and instruct them to tell their children. And he says, these are the things that you're to tell them. In verse four, you're to tell them the praises of God to the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done. It's really simple. And like this, this is as simple as could be, but it's so powerful. And this is something that this is why we're covering this tonight is because this is something that I'm wrestling with. You see, the word praises here isn't complicated. It, it literally means praise, like a hymn, a song, a song of worship. And so God starts off his law with teach them to praise me, to worship me. And that brings us to our first key point, which I think, yeah, we do have that. And that is that a steadfast walk with God starts with praise. Like it, It's so simple, but that is the basic foundation of a walk with the Lord consistently is you got to have a heart of praise. Psalm chapter 40 and verse 3. Do you have that slide or no? Hey, all right. So Psalm 40 verse 3 says, and he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. So this is a Psalm of David and and he's just been delivered uh, from a terrible situation. But God shows himself faithful and he delivers David. And David is so overjoyed at God's deliverance that he said, hey, he put a new song in my mouth. Now I'm, now I'm able to praise the Lord. And just that same way, man, if, if you've received Jesus as your Savior, if you've been delivered in your life, then you should have a song, a heart of praise. You should have something to be thankful for. But it's not just that. He says that, man, when I, when I praise the Lord, others shall see it and fear, and trust in the Lord. So the beginning of other people coming to know the Lord can start with our praise of God. And that's a major part of my testimony, actually. So when I was growing up, uh, my mom listened to country music, and I hated it. But one of the songs that she listened to seemingly over and over and over again had a phrase in it, and it was Jesus Take the Wheel. Super simple, but I heard it a million times, and so I memorized it. And then, so I, did, I moved out, um, you know, I, I moved out at 18, and 
I didn't have a walk with the Lord. I didn't have a relationship with God. I didn't know any of the Bible. So I, I knew that I could live for myself, and I was doing that. And I got a great career, um, great friends, made a ton of money. I had everything the world had to offer. And I was just, I was depressed and lonely. And I found out that no matter how much money you make and no matter how successful you are in your career and no matter how much stuff you get and how many friends it never satisfied. And so I, I was looking for purpose and um, I ended up getting deeper and deeper into depression and I became suicidal. Um, and I, I was, I had a pretty quick car at the time and I'm, I'm a car guy. I really love them. Uh, probably too much. But anyway, at the time I had a fairly quick vehicle and so I was doing well over a hundred and I was like, okay, I'll just see when this tops out and then I'll run it off a bridge or I'll run it into something that's not going to move. And that's how I was going to kill myself. Um, and so I, I'm thinking about this and I'm getting up to speed and I, I'm thinking about like where it's going to happen and what's going to come next. And, and this dumb song that my mom kept playing over and over again, it's not even a praise song, but it, it, man, I kept hearing Jesus take the wheel. And like, I had, I had control of my own life and I had been steering and I had just been going the wrong way. And, uh, and I remembered this promise that my mom always told me. And it comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I don't have the verse up because she didn't honestly know the verse. But she told me that God will never give you more than you can handle. He will always make a way of escape if you cry out to him. And uh, I was broken, you know, at this point. Obviously, I'm thinking about killing myself. Of course, it's broken. But so I get home. You know, I'm here, so I didn't do it. But I got home, and uh, I got down on my knees, and I prayed. And I asked the Lord. I, I just, I didn't know how to pray. You know, nobody had taught me that. And so I just... I was like, okay, God, I've been steering my own life, you know, and it, it hasn't been going well, obviously. And so uh, I'm just going to surrender my life to you, whatever you want. Jesus, take the wheel, you know. Um, that was as serious a prayer as I could. Like I was, I, I said, hey, my life is yours, wherever you want me to go. And it started with praise. So as simple as this is, man, praise should be the foundation. It should be a foundation in your life. And so if praise is not a daily part of your life, man, I would challenge you to consider how far can you really go with the Lord? Because when, when he delivers you, when he moves in your life, that should be the natural outcome is a heart of praise. You know, I, I listen to all kinds of different music when I'm at work to be able to focus. But, man, I notice when I listen to praise music, and this is something like really recent, um, but when I listen to praise music, like my whole mind shift changes and my heart changes and you know, other stuff's cool if you listen to country or rock or rap or hardcore, whatever. Um, but, man, we should be making time to praise the Lord. And, and it just, he'll do so much through it. And so that, anyway, that's key point number one. I've gone on it too far. But the second point, the second thing that God commanded, uh, he made a law and commanded the fathers to teach their children is in verse four, that they would show the generation to come his strength, and his wonderful works that he hath done. And so the second thing is, is testimony. Um, you know, a steadfast walk with God requires testimonies, either from you to someone else or from someone else to you. But man, God cares about his testimony, that we would remember what he has done. And so I, I was thinking back, and if you look through, we don't have time to go through all of Psalm 78. It's a long, long chapter. But if you look through this, like he's listing thing after thing after thing, that God has done for this people, and yet they forget. And I find myself forgetting what God has done in my life. You know, he says, hey, I, I delivered you from Egypt. 
I split the sea and you walked on dry land. You know, I, I, I led you out of a cloud and a pillar of fire. I gave you water from a rock in a desert when you had no water and I gave you food from heaven. Like, what else do I need to do? And he does this like for 40 verses. I, I only pulled five. But he just goes on and on giving testimony of what he's done. And yet the problem is that the testimony of the children of Israel is they forgot the Lord and they didn't obey his word. And so it's so important that we remember the testimony of what God has done uh, in our lives and in the word of God. And this is the second point that I got really convicted about, which is also why we're going through this, because I looked back over uh, all, the, all the recorded prayers and answered prayers in 2020. And I have some in August, and I have November through now, and a little bit in January of last year, and nothing else. I couldn't find any, now I have some in WhatsApp, but I couldn't find any written record of what I was trusting the Lord for and how he was answering. Now it's not because he, he didn't answer and I didn't pray. It's because I didn't take the time to set up a rock. I didn't take the time to say, okay, this is what I'm trusting God for. And when you answer, I'm going to give you praise and I'm going to share it with other people. And so, man, it's so important that we record uh, what it is that God's done. And so I looked back, since I have from November 1 on, I looked back at what has God done in the last couple of months. And there's so many things that show his strength, but the two biggest ones that I put up here are, uh, no, go ahead and go back. So the first one is Abishai was overdue. Um, you know, she was supposed to have a baby, hadn't happened yet. She was always overdue. And so I asked for prayer as a, as a big group. Everyone got together here and we prayed that my wife would have a baby this was on 11 12. Uh, we prayed that she would have a baby before the 17th because if that didn't happen, we A, wouldn't get insurance to cover it, and B, wouldn't be able to have the baby where we were hoping for. So it was kind of a big deal to us. And immediately, we, so we prayed that night at uh, nine o'clock. Next day at noon, her water breaks. You know, it was just an awesome prayer, or awesome praise. And then you fast forward a little bit, she goes into labor that night, and it's a terrible labor, um, and everything seemingly goes wrong, and uh, the nurses think that Enoch's going to die. Um, and she gets transferred, they get transferred by ambulance uh, to another hospital, and then everything goes wrong again. And, um, you know, we're just, I'm just weeping before the Lord. And he, you know, I'm, I'm praying that my wife and son would be okay. And I have a beautiful, healthy baby boy. He answered that prayer. He was, he came on November 14th. Um, and my wife is healthy and she recovered from this emergency surgery. And like, yeah, God showed himself so mighty. He saved my life and then he saved the life of my son. And mm, okay, got to keep going because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose it. He's just shown himself strong so many times. And I forget so much because I don't take the time to write it down. And so we have to do that. But God doesn't just say to record his strength. Verse four ends that we are to also share his wonderful works that he hath done. And guys, there are so many wonderful works. Like I, he saved me from, you know, from my sins for eternity. We were sharing praises last week as a small group. And one of the guys in my small group was just thankful, you know, to be saved and to be a new man and thankful for the way that God had changed his life. And it humbled me because I'm like, oh man, how much, how often do I forget to praise God for that? Like the most powerful thing. But even even more than that, I, I was like, okay, I'm going to look back at the last couple months. What are some of the wonderful works? And one of them, I'm just going to use this as an opportunity to share for me so that I'm obedient. But 
you guys should do this to you. So one of them is that, you know, I was asking the Lord for a vision for 2021. What would you have me to trust you for? I've been praying through this for a couple of months. And on December 9th, I felt like I had peace about seven things that I was going to trust God for. And that, like, that to me is wonderful because now I, like, I can move forward now that I have a clear vision. I have a clear, like, trajectory I can move forward. And then on December 20th, God completely answered one of the seven things. Like, we're not even into 2021, and he answered one. I, I would love to tell you what it is, but I haven't asked their permission. So this is one of the things I was trusting God for is someone that I love to have a major heart change over a major thing. Um, like for them to do a 180 and they did and it's all the Lord because before it was 180 different like so praise God for that and then another I can share this one because this one actually is about us so I, I was asking Andrew Abishai and I uh, we're trusting the Lord to potentially move to Vietnam this year um, you know, we want to see Vietnam for Christ and Asia and the world and so um, I was talking to him about what that should look like and he's like hey you need to trust God for some money because you're broke and it costs money to fly halfway around the world and then to, to move there. Like that's not free. All of our Indian students are saying, yeah, that's not free. We get, we get that. And so Andrew being wise is like, Hey, you have to pay for plane tickets. You should save some money. Uh, you should trust God for that. And we had a set figure. Um, we were thinking four to six months of savings. So we figured out how much that would cost and we had a set number. And then on both December 14th, and January 16th, God was like, hey, here's $3,000. No strings attached, not expected, completely out of the blue, not asked for. He was just like, here's three grand. Put it towards Vietnam. And in those, both times within a couple of days, before or after, we also had a $1,000 bill that needed, that needed to be done. But praise the Lord, he covered it and then more than double put it towards our Vietnam fund. So that's $4,000 in the first month of praying about it that we have towards moving to Vietnam. And that's all the Lord. And so it's like, man, this is a wonderful work that he has done. Um, but I would have never thought about it had I not written down. And so that brings us to our third key point. I couldn't think of a fancy way to word this. So we need to record our prayers and then share when they're answered. Like it's so simple, but Psalm 78 verse four starts, we will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come. Like, it's our responsibility. God commands it. He commands us to show the generation to come. And so you can't do that if you're not first recording them. And I'm not saying that they have to be on pencil and paper, but you should have some way of recording what it is that you're trusting the Lord for and when it is that he is answering, especially when it's something that you weren't even praying about, because that's just an encouragement to others. And so an example of that, like this week, I reached out to the, the Kaya men chat and I said, hey, you know, I've been praying for you guys tonight, but I'd love to know how I can pray more specifically. Is there anything that anyone wants me to pray for? And I got a number of responses and one of them was super encouraging. He's like, hey, I'm, I'm going to have, uh, I'm meeting someone for coffee on Friday and we're going to go through, uh, we're going to go through the gospel. Will you pray for that? And then on Saturday, the very next day, I'm meeting someone else, and he wants to do a Bible study for the first time. So we're going to start going through the Bible together. Will you pray for that? And that encouraged me because I'm like, I like coffee. I like the Bible. I can meet somebody, and I can take them, and I can share. Like, I can do this. I can trust God for this. And, like, it's a silly example, but 
just him simply saying, will you pray with me for these things? Encourage me to trust the Lord for something that I wasn't trusting the Lord for that day. Like I wasn't trusting God to meet new people that day and to invite them to coffee, but now I am. And so it's like, man, when you share what you're trusting God for or what God has answered in your life, it can encourage others to do the same. And that, that's a major part. And so God required it. He made a law about it. Um, and so, okay, I'm trying to watch our time. So all that to say, you know, the foundation of your life, I'd really like you to consider how big of a part uh, praise is in your life. You know, what part of your life does that have? Is it only something you do on Thursday nights and Sunday mornings at church? Is it something like, are you praising the Lord? And this is actually talking about songs. Um, that's literally what the verse is talking about. And so how often are you singing to the Lord? Like how often are you listening to praise music? How often are you teaching it to someone else? And this is something that I'm now, in light of this passage, I'm really considering how we can implement this as a small group. Because I can't sing well, and I don't know how to play a single instrument. I can hit a wooden box to keep a beat, but like, that's about it. That's all the talent that I have musically. So, but I see how important it is. Um, and I remember what God did in my life through it and the promises that he's made in others. And so I'm seriously considering like, and praying through, it's what I was going to bring up with our small group tonight, how we can pray through this. And I'm not saying that that's what it needs to look like for you, but man, you should be praying about what that looks like in your own lives. Um, now, I know that, you know, not everyone here probably has a relationship with God. Not everyone probably knows the Lord as their personal savior. And maybe you're hearing this for the first time and you're like, that's cool for you, but what about me? Like, do you have anything for me tonight? So we're going to look at verse five, um, because verse five says, for he established, this is talking about God, he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children. And this word testimony, um, it goes back way farther back to the Old Testament. Oh, that's really a bummer. You guys don't have those slides. Well, okay, so it goes way back to the Old Testament, and it's, it's talking about, um, if you go back to Exodus 25, verse 21, uh, God is telling his people, he says, Thou shalt put the mercy seat above upon the ark, and in the ark thou shalt put the testimony that I shall give thee. So God has given to his people a testimony that he will be with them. And it, without trying to explain it, basically the ark of the covenant is this ark that they bring with them, and it represents the presence of God with them. But not only that, it contains, uh, well, God's testimony, but it also contains basically the instruction for how they can have a relationship with him, how they can live rightly before him, how they can move forward, how they can know that God is with them or not. You know, all of this is contained uh, in this ark. And so God is saying, hey, I have this testimony. Remember that testimony? I established that, and I want you guys to remember it. And today, we have a testimony from God just the same. God has made a way for us to have a relationship with him. He's made a way for us to live rightly with him, for us to get to know him, for us to be able to come near and stand before him and, and say, hey, what do you have for me? And this is, and I want to be able to speak with you. And, and for us, that looks like Jesus Christ. You know, he sent, God sent his son so that we could have a relationship with him. In John chapter 1 and verse 12, it says that as many as received him, talking about Jesus, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, 
even to them that believe on his name. And so it's not really complicated. You don't have to live a certain way, do a certain thing. You don't have to cross a bunch of boxes off a list. God is just saying, hey, I sent my son to do all the work on your place. I took your sin that separated you from me, and I placed that on my son. 2 Corinthians says that he became our sin. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says he made him, so God made Jesus, his son, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You see, we were all born in sin, and I, I don't have to you know, convince my little flesh monster. I have a two-month-old baby. I love him to death, but when he's hungry, he will let you know because he'll scream until he gets what he wants. Like, I don't have to teach him to be super obnoxious at 10.30 or 2.30 in the morning because he has that built in. Like, I don't, I don't have to teach the little three-year-olds in the toddler's class that I was working with to lie or to steal toys from one another because they already have that built in. We all have sin built in. It's how we were born. Every single person has it. But the Bible tells us that that sin separates us from God because he is holy. And he desires to have a relationship with us so much that he gave up the thing that was most precious to himself. He gave up, I, I would do anything for my son when he's two months old biblical reason. I would do pretty much anything for my son. I can't even imagine. Um, nope, not going to go there. Okay, so God, God gave up. He was willing to let his son become our sin so that we could then be made his son, so that we could be made righteous, so that we could have a relationship with him. He literally became our sin on the cross. He took every wrong that you've ever or ever will commit and became that. And He's like, I've got it. I'll pay that price. And all you have to do is ask for me to come into your life and to save you. That's it. He's like, I want to be the Lord of your life. But man, that's going to start with you humbling yourself and asking. And, and so I, I know that I'm over time, so I'm not going to dig into the details, but let me just leave you with this. If, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you don't know how to have a relationship with God, or if any of this resonates with you tonight, if you want to know, hey, how... How can I talk to God? Or how can I hear from him? Or how can I walk with him? How can I have my life changed? What really is important? Any of these things. Maybe you just want to talk. Maybe you're depressed and you've been hiding it. And you think that getting an awesome degree or a cool job, I work in the IT field and you can make a bazillion dollars in Kansas City, but none of it's going to satisfy. And so if, if any of this resonates with you tonight, please, we'd, I would love to talk to you. The person that invited you would love to talk to you. Please come and talk to any of us. We're going to break out. We're going to sing. Happy birthday to Carlos and eat some dessert because he loves being embarrassed. So we're going to do that when we break out. But please, if, if any of this is stuck out tonight, please don't leave without first taking care of it. So that's it. That's all I have for you guys tonight. I think I'm going to pray or Andrew's going to pray and then. Yeah, so, so before we do that, why don't we, um, you know, we, we often don't have alcohols, you know, and I think it's good that we, uh, we have a bit of time respond to the message you know so you heard quite a bit uh, tonight and you know can we respond to that message that message is uh, very simple uh, but yet very profound isn't it uh, I mean I cannot tell you I mean really that's how I kind of can get my mind back together is praise I mean is <laughs> otherwise there are there are so many things the the, the stress of this world can kind of overtake you and kind of like fill your head with 
more stress and then you can't take it. And when I come back to a position of dependency to God by praising, something changed in my mind, you know. So, so there's so much here. I'm not going to regurgitate or, or repeat everything that's been said. But I just want you to maybe, you know, respond to it. To it. So maybe every, every head bow, every eye close, you know, this is kind of your personal time, right? Just you and God, right? Just you and God. You don't have to do anything embarrassing. You just take a minute. And, and speak to God and respond to the message that you just heard for just a minute or two. You know, the simplest thing that I ever asked God is, God, are you real? <laughs> that, that was my very most sincere prayer that I ever done. The first time I would consider myself prayer is like, God, are you real? Because there's so many people and claims about God and this God and so many gods as we heard, like, God, are, are you real? And then, if you are real, you know, what do you want from me, right? What do you want from me? How do I know you, as, as Taylor was saying? You know, those kind of things. And so, you know, God can hear you. As, as Taylor has mentioned, God can hear you. He, he heard him and he, he, he answered his prayer and saving him from a place of depression and suicide. And if God can do that, man, God can do so many more right things uh, for us and so take this time just again as i'm speaking just speak to him very freely god i you know this god that this guy taylor i don't even know him is talking about i don't even know this god you know but he's saying this god is great this god answers prayer this god is doing all these wonderful things i mean is that real you know because that's i don't know you it's not my reality right now um Talk to him, right? So let's take just a minute of silent prayer, you know, uh, and then uh, after that, uh, if we can have, uh, you know, Larry come up and, and close us out. After a minute of silent prayer, Larry just come out and close us out and then we'll do some dessert and more happy birthdays for Carlos. Okay. Father, uh, man, God, you are so good to us. And, uh, God, we're blessed, God, by this message. And uh, God, we want to have a steadfast walk with you. God, would you 
help us to uh, uh, sing praises to you and yeah, uh, meditate, Lord, on these things that uh, Taylor and uh, the scriptures showed us today. Uh, God, we want to uh, yeah, record our testimonies. Uh, God, there's so many uh, good things that you've done in our life. And man, God, you're gracious to us. God, I'm thankful for your mercy and just so many new people that came out today. And I don't know where everybody's at, but Lord, would you draw them nigh to you? God, would you show yourself to them in a big way? God, would you be glorified tonight? God, we love you. Ask in Jesus' name.